Have you ever thought about studying your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off God, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people listen to it on? Like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. The answer to all these questions is really simple. It can be summed down in one word. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. So, if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start. We're going to repeat that one more time. Go to anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Hello, this is Bridger Tack, and welcome to the Bridger Tack Show! Today, we will be talking about global warming, which is a very real thing, and not just some sort of made-up hoax to make money or something like that. And there is actually a 97% consensus, consensus, that's a hard word to say, among climatologists, which means a person who studies the climate. So these are very trustworthy people. And and talking about that, it actually reminds me of this episode of uh, Vice that I was watching the other day for a science class and in it they talked about climate change and what really hit me hard was they went to a low-lying area Bangladesh where they had to battle rising sea levels and I know we at least I don't really think about it because I live in the Midwest far away from the coast but For those listeners who live on the coast, it's a very big issue, and I kind of feel like me living in the Midwest, I kind of have it easy because I really don't need to think about that because it's just so far away. It's like thousands of miles away. I don't think I really need to think about it when they're still our neighbors They still live in the United States, so we really should be helping them and caring about them, even though they may live a thousand miles away. And so I really think that we need to change our mindset from more thinking locally to more thinking globally and more on a global scale of helping those people, especially like in Bangladesh, where they are also very poverty stricken. That's also a big problem for them because since they don't have a lot of money, they have to keep moving inland and moving inland and they really don't have that much money so they get into really crowded places and pretty much just dumps that no one should be living in and that's why we need to help them because nobody should have to be living in these sort of dumps that they're living in so we really need to think about that more of a global scale because these people are being forced by rising sea levels to move inland really crowded cities into the ghettos and that's just not right moving away from that little tangent you may be a skeptic of this you may say it's really not that big of a problem the earth has been inclined 
has cycles before and this is just another one of the cycles and it'll eventually pass this is just natural but i have something to kind of refute that and what i would say about that is the co2 levels if you look at them right now they are about at 411 parts per million which is the highest based on all recorded based on our records, which we actually go down to like Antarctica, like up in the Arctic and get these ice cores. And by analyzing them, we can study the amounts of code in the atmosphere from ages ago, thousands of years. And by looking at those, we have seen that these current CO2 levels are really, really high, like alarmingly high and the highest that they have been in thousands of years. And also what we see is that beginning around 1780, you know, that area era where the industrial revolution started and everyone was moving to cities and, you know, more coal and stuff, more coal being burnt, really a lot more pollution. And for a full scale thing on the industrial revolution that is definitely a topic for another podcast you will just have to wait because i definitely will be doing one in the coming future because that really isn't very interesting part of history how everyone was moving inland from from, far i not inland but moving from cities moving into cities for more rural areas. So they were becoming more cramped and stuff. And that's a really fascinating. But going back to the CO2 levels, if we look at the ice cores, around 1780 or so, it was about 280 parts per million. And then we just inexplicably see this was spike. So before then, it was pretty level around 280. And then just bam. It goes up and it keeps climbing like really steeply. And now it is 411. So it's not just an increase. After centuries of just being steady and steady and steady, you know, there's little variations, but nothing major. And then it just all of a sudden starts shooting up in direct correlation with the increase in industrialization. So I would definitely say that this is not a coincidence, but it is a direct correlation because when we look at fossil fuels, we see that they put CO2 into the atmosphere. So if we look, there is a increase of burning starting around the Industrial Revolution. So since there is an increase in burning, there is also an increase in the CO2 levels. Another reason why this is a direct correlation, because there is a correlation between burning fossil fuels and an increase in CO2. And as we started burning more fossil fuels, as we, around the 1900s, getting, getting cars, so we need gasoline. Gasoline dry, is derived from oil. So another fossil fuel that is putting us in, that is putting CO2 into the atmosphere by burning it. And then we see a rise in cars and then heat. 
And there are just so many things in the modern world that are putting CO2 into the atmosphere that's really been a big problem for us because the, we just don't have enough things taking it out. So the ocean is taking some out, but it's just not enough. And that also leads to another problem of acidification or an increase in the pH level in the ocean, which then leads to coral dying because the coral can't handle that sudden influx. So what we're seeing is the corals dying and then you have a whole ecosystem just dying. And so that leads to a big problem in the oceans because even though the oceans is taking some out, we are still putting in way more into the atmosphere. And so then we are taking out. So that leads to a rise in CO2 levels in the atmosphere. And another major thing that takes carbon dioxide, I guess I should make that clear before I go too much further, CO2 does stand for carbon dioxide. So as we're putting CO2 into the atmosphere, trees are of course taking it out through photosynthesis because they need it to breathe, I guess you could say. So they're taking it out and they generally do a pretty good job. But the problem is, as we keep expanding, we keep cutting down those trees that we need to take it out of the atmosphere. So then we're left with a problem. The problem, of course, being that as we keep putting more and more CO2 into the atmosphere, we are also not adding to the things that take it out, but we are decreasing the thing takes it out of the atmosphere of trees. So as we keep expanding and using more CO2, we're taking out the thing that we need to have CO2 because we, of course, need to decrease CO2 levels. Otherwise, it's just going to keep rising. And so now the problem with that leads into temperatures rising and then the glaciers melting. And so that is what's causing sea level rise. So as the temp global temperatures rise, then um, ice sheets in the Arctic and the Antarctic are decreasing. So what we see is a direct correlation between an increase in temperatures and then a decrease in the ice. So imagine we have an ice cube and the ice cube is melting. So we have some ice cubes on a plate and they're melting and then they all melt and some of it starts to flow off the plate. That's kind of what's happening with global warming and the ice sheets, because when the ice sheets are melting, that frozen ice is going into the ocean and the oceans are rising. So in about, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it was about 50 years, Miami is going to be partly underwater because of this global warming and sea level rise. And that leads to a problem because we have all these people, especially in the poor areas, because 
I was watching this PBS show a couple of months ago, and it really highlighted the problem because in a lot of these low-lying areas, you know, these rich people don't want to live there because they know. So the poor people poor people move in. So what we see is these people who can't really leave because they don't have the resources. And so we're going to have a problem because those people need housing because of the increase in flooding in those low-lying areas. But they can't leave because they don't have the resources. So that leads to a problem. Where do these people go? And we just really don't have the answer. And that's why we really need to stop this because of those low-lying areas all around the world, such as in Bangladesh, as I mentioned earlier, or closer to home in Miami, we just don't have anywhere to put it. So that creates a problem where to put it. And then just for like a quick little ending, I am going to say, let us take a look at what we can do to limit it. Just try to slow it down because at this point, it's really not stoppable. The most we can really do is just slow it down for now and then lessen its impact in the future. And so some things we can do right now is simple things that really don't require you to change your lifestyle that much. And the things I'm going to mention are kind of on scale. So, you know, you have the more radical things that will really change your lifestyle and then the things that are like won't really change your lifestyle and things you can start implementing every day. But first, we'll be back after this quick break. So the first one is super easy, and that's just take shorter showers because the hot water heater, at least my water heater and most water heaters use natural gas, which of course is a non-renewable resource. So by taking shorter showers, we use less warm water, so we cut down on the use of the non-renewable resource of natural gas. So just cutting it back by like five minutes could really help out. And then another thing you could do is kind of like have a meatless Monday type of thing where you don't eat meat on like one particular day of the week. Or like me, you could become a vegetarian, which will cut back on your carbon emissions because of um, you don't have to buy meat, which will have it, I guess somewhat, not so much carbon, but like it will cut back on emissions because cows produce this greenhouse gas called methane, which is even more potent than CO2, but luckily not as, not as big of a problem, but because of so many people eating meat and eat beef especially, it is becoming more of a problem because since these cows produce, produce methane, then methane levels will increase and you also have to take into consideration the packaging of everything and then the shipping. But if you're like me and I'm a vegetarian, so I try to buy more local things. So that cuts down the travel time and then vegetables 
are instead of producing these greenhouse gases, they are actually taking in these greenhouse gases. So that will see a decrease in the carbon emissions because they're actually doing the exact opposite that beef in particular are doing. And then, so there are steps that we can all take. And we really need to be taking these steps every single day. And so, you know, biking to work, shorter showers, and it will take an effort. But if we all work together, I truly believe that we can do it. Because if we take a few sacrifices now, we can really cut back on the consequences later, which will be much, much worse. So what I hope you, that you take away from this is that global warming is a very real thing and that we can all take steps to cut back and try to lessen the consequences in the future of global warming. And so in the end, I just hope that that's what you leave with. And so this has been Bridger Tack from the Bridger Tack Show. And I am wishing you a very, very good rest of your day. And may we all work together towards this cool future.